You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast with Lenny Marcus. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Neil Potter. you got to put some gravy on that. Four topics, 15 minutes each. We're just killing time. Kill it with us. Our Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is the number 4C Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen to us on the Laugh Button Network, thelaughbutton.com. Today's guest is originally from Stamford, Connecticut, and is broadcasting royalty, Neil. First off, he's the public address announcer for the New York Mets at City Field. Boo, Mets. And second, <laughs> he's the grandson of the greatest sportscaster of our lifetime, the bombastic Howard Cosell. Woo! Yay! I can't wait for him to beat you at the quiz so I can say, down goes Potter. <laughs> down goes Potter. Let's see if he can tell it like it is. It's Colin Cosell. Hi. <laughs> how do you like that? <laughs> that is one hell of an intro. That's how hey, we uh... roll. The rest I want. I want. I want to enter a room and just have that intro play every single time. <laughs> send me a copy of that. I would love that. Oh, I will give it to you. Lenny's been working on that for like two weeks. Yeah. Practicing, <laughs> auditioning. <It shows. laughs> he had like that, five that other. <laughs> That's why I do it. Was it. Polished. It was polished. It had bravado. Everything you could possibly ask. For. There you go. How I got to Colin uh, Neil is Ted Alexandro calls me. Can you do me a favor? Uh, these guys have a. Um, a podcast. Yeah. And we, I'm like, it's the grandson of Howard Costell. I'm like, stop right there. <laughs> I'm in. I don't care what the podcast is. I'm in uh, all day long. So let me uh, set this up. Howard had two daughters. I know this, Hillary and Jill. And so, ha- which side are you? Um, I'm, uh, who's mom? I'm on, I'm Jill. I'm on the Jill side. Ah, the God. Jill side. Okay. And then you have, and why is it Cosell? Like, how is this possible? So, <laughs> uh, a little bit of uh, legal name change. Um, what happened was my, uh, my my parents got divorced when I was about uh, nine months old. Ah. And uh, Howard was basically my, my father figure growing up. He was always around. Um, you know, he retired from everything, essentially, or everything on, on television uh, by 1983. Right. And, um, and I didn't really meet my father, so to speak, until I was about six years old. So and then I saw him every other weekend. And, you know, Howard was just a major influence in my life. And I realized when my grandmother, his wife, passed away when I was 10. Right. That um, that was, you know, essentially going to be um, the, the end of the Cosell name was going to be um, with his grandchildren because right. he had two daughters. And so I told him in the limo outside of Frankie Campbell Funeral Home, I said, you know, Papa, I want to change my last name to, to Cosell. I want to carry on the last name. And my grandfather leans in and he goes, son, I appreciate that, but you can't do it. And I said, well, well, why not? And he said, you have to be 18 years old. And he, he being a lawyer until he was 38, of course, he's going to know the law right off the top of his head, right. especially with name change law, because that, that was his specialty, apparently. I don't know. Wow. And um, and suddenly it, it, it hit me. I was like, all right, fine. Then the day I turn 18, I'm going to change my last name to Cosell. And uh, he passed away um, two years before I was able to do that for mm-hmm. him. But I did follow through on November 23rd, 1997, changed my last name to Cosell. Uh, you know, my mother go. and brother followed suit. 
Your your brother did. Oh, okay. And then what about? But then the other side did too. Greg Cosell, right? So that's Hillary's kid. That's so. Greg is Howard had a brother, um, uh, uh-huh. Hilton, uh, and Hilton had one child, and that was Greg. And Greg, in turn, um, had two daughters, and so that was uh, also uh-huh. going to be at the end of the Cosell yeah. name. Wow. With marriage. Huh. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's a tangled web of family greatness, isn't it? I mean, it's, I'm glad you asked. Like, let's yeah. kick the show off with now. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I did. I did it right there. I thought it was going to be way easier in my head. Wait um, a second. I think we have a primetime show coming up now. Greg Cosell is like 64, <laughs> and I guess he um, he's the ESPN guy who breaks down the film, which is also amazing. I hope you guys get along. Um, you do. I had I had him on my show that you graciously did as a, a favor to Ted Alexander. <laughs> well, now I'm glad I did it. I won't have to do it as a favor anymore. I'll do it anytime you want. <laughs> but yeah, Greg, uh, I had Greg on my show. We did a a, a draft spectacular, uh, and I had Greg on and Amy Trask, who was uh, right. the former CEO of the the uh, Oakland Raiders, the first female CEO in the NFL. Oh wow! And, um, and Greg and I, it, it was funny. Greg immediately put me to, uh, to task as soon as he came on. He said he expected some extravagant intro. And now in hindsight, I should have been like, well, I would have hired Lenny Mark. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I would write a great intro for Greg and I Amy. Know. I was like, here he is. He's my second cousin once removed or something. Here's Greg Cosell. <laughs> like, no laugh track? <laughs> oh, man. I, when we were talking the first time, we were um, – you were like a little weary when you bring up your grandfather because it, you know, people had mixed reactions to him. I can't imagine Neil growing up. I mean, I know the backstory of this and I know where it kind of went south, but I mean, to me, he was everything at 10 years old. I don't, was there anybody bigger to you, Neil? No, no. I mean, that's what, that's what I just grew up with him. So I just know. But Colin's a little wary. What's coming at him? Like, is this guy a friend or foe? Am I wrong? I mean, uh, you know, if it had been like late 90s and we were doing this, if podcasts existed 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, because at that point, um, you, you know, you, he he was polarizing. You right. know, I mean, we're talking about a man who in 1976 was voted the most beloved and most hated man on television. <laughs> according to TV God. Um, so, you know, you never knew you never knew who uh, who he crossed or who yeah. loved him. So, um you know, at this point, it's like, I, it's, you can throw anything at me, Lenny. I'm not scared. I know. I know. <laughs> um, I, anyway, my, I told you this before, and we'll get back to Howard in a minute because I want to get to you. I was in fourth grade doing impressions of Howard Cosell. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was just ridiculous. Everybody didn't. He was huge. Um, you grew up in Stamford, Connecticut. Um, you were a goalie on a hockey team, performed in musicals. You were like born to be in front of people, I feel. is. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I was I was a ham. Um, you know, I watched my grandfather do his little 60 second radio show from um, from his bedroom in his summer home out in West Hampton Beach on the southeast shore of Long Island. Um, and this was like advanced technology. Like they had a live line that was hooked up. ABC hooked it up because at this point in the mid 80s, he had, he had earned his stripes. Right. And uh, and so I did my first ever, I guess you'd call it an air check um, in, <laughs> in his room. 
and I I didn't understand this witchcraft, this uh, this <laughs> this microphone and everything. But I was like, I need this in my life for the rest of my life. And um, and yeah, it was pretty pretty much any opportunity. My dog loves this story, by the way. If you heard him bark in the background, <laughs> it's okay, it's his favorite. Um, it, it 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 basically any opportunity I had to be in front of a, a crowd or to talk into a microphone, I yeah. It it's started at five. It's Howard's Howard's fault. Um, so I apologize to everyone. Out no, there. But you, you didn't know if you were going to be sportscaster, but I did read some or uh, looked up something. You were an intern at SNL, and there's a lot of people that Neil and I know that were interns at SNL that went on to huge things. Dino Vidala, Russ Maneev, you know, Stephen Donovan. These he's a radio host up in Boston. Like there are that is a good way into the business for sure. I mean, yeah, it was. Uh... It, it's so unique unto itself as a, as a show. You know, there's um, there's there's nothing like it in television, and for that longevity as well. Uh, and the one thing I will never ever forget from that experience was being in Studio Eight H when they have the cold open, and then the live from New York at Saturday night. And at home, it's immediately you know roll opening credits. Yep. In the studio, it is controlled chaos. Uh, actors are running around, makeup, uh, wardrobe, sets are being changed, and it's it's it is the most beautiful, electrifying experience ever. And it it's infectious. You know, if if it's really what you want to do, if you really want to be in entertainment, you experience something like that, and you're like, yes, this is the drug I want to be hooked on. <laughs> yeah, well, Neil and I have been there in the stands more than a few times yeah, yeah, yeah. with Leslie. Um, We've had stuff that she's presented that we're just going to say we may have written. And uh, and uh, we're t- up in the stands, like, ducking, like, oh, please, God, let this go. And even from that standpoint, you see them all running around, and we're backstage in Leslie's dressing room at times, and it's very calm. Well, I, the show's I, going on. She no, calms the cucumber, then runs down and gets in, does the bit, right? It's always crazy that yeah. no one ever did another live show, like, nothing against it. Like, it's crazy. It's the only one. It's lasted forever. It is crazy. Now, yeah. did you, did you, were you driven to, like, towards comedy and just straight acting and all that stuff, too? Um, I was more, more comedy driven. Um, and it's, it's funny you should ask that. Cause I, I would like, I would hold court on the back of the school bus in elementary school. <laughs> oh, um, shit. And I was, I was just dropping gems. I mean, <laughs> I was, dude, I, I had, I had a, I had a solid 20. Oh, uh, man. I, if I and, could see that. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a solid twenty from when I was picked up at one eighty six Eden Road until I showed up at Heart Magnet School in downtown Stanford and and the best part about it is the audience is ever growing you know, throughout the trip so so like you can you can have a callback joke and some people are getting it some aren't and it was just it was pure it was genius and oh, I wish wow. I had written some of it down because I was the funniest fifth grader you ever saw. <laughs> you're killing everyone's like I'm getting on that bus <laughs> yeah I would I would blow through the light I didn't care. Like, I was, I, it was it was my show, and you were just lucky to be a part of it. Uh, but people are walking out, but and yeah, like I'm going I, home, man. Yeah, yeah. That's my stop. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, get they home. would like applaud me off the bus, and then I was really <laughs> brought back down to earth when it was time to work on times tables, and I was just like, man, this is not what I did this for. But it was, um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I I always gravitated towards comedy, and um, and that even in my sports broadcasting career, I was constantly adding levity without taking away from the actual drama on the field or on the ice or whatever, you know, match I was calling. Um, if I'm able to inject some, some levity or humor into it, then I, I do it every chance I get. That's awesome. You, you did stand up for a while, no? 
Uh, 17 years, 17 fruitless years. Really? Um, I did. Yeah. I, I took it seriously for the first five years. Uh, I started in January of 01. Um, and then eight months later, the world changed and right. uh, so did comedy. And, you know, like as I'm trying to get my, my bearings to get my footing, all of a sudden we're, yeah. we're trying to learn how to laugh again as a country. Good and um, yeah, it was incredible. And uh, I was doing these shows. I was lucky. I only did one bringer show. And then I had the, the great fortune, um, Bob DeBono mm-hmm. uh, kept putting me on these shows and everyone knows Bob. Yeah. And I, you know, I got to perform the likes of, you know, Jim Gaffigan, Jim Norton. Uh, you know, there was, uh, it was, um, God, who else? Chris Rock, like it, J- uh, Jay Leno was in town and was just doing a set because he felt like it. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm just sitting there, this tiny fish in this giant pond. And it was a blast. But then I realized how, how really cutthroat the industry is. And I kind of backed off of it for a little bit. Cause it's like, this isn't fun and we're supposed to be funny. Like I don't, I don't get this. And, uh, so then I started producing shows and from the people I'd met doing all these other shows, uh, I started bringing them on Ted Alexandro being one of them and, uh, and just producing them at friends bars or corporate events or things like that. And, uh, and that was a lot more fun for me. And being a, a host and an MC is the laziest job as a comedian because it's just crowd work. So I didn't have to write any jokes. It was great. <laughs> Where'd you do your first set? Where were you in Connecticut? Stand up New York. Oh, stand up New York. Oh, that was the very first time. Wow. Yeah. There you go. We lived at that place for a while. So how do you you transition from that? You like, okay, this is enough of this because you're probably making zero dollars hosting shows. Yeah. yeah. And so I started producing shows is when I made money because uh, then like, you know, getting, you know, tickets at the door and I'm getting a nice chunk of it. And I'm just totally ripping off these great comics. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Kidding. 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 (laughs) Um, so wait, so you transition out of that. How do you get the job finally in sports? Um, well, it was funny because I went to college for communications and the, the plan was always to be, you know, I'm going to follow in Papa's footsteps. Right. And then my, um, my freshman or sophomore year of college, I was in class and uh, my professor was teaching us about the pioneers, the uh, the Mount Rushmore of sports broadcasting. And, of course, he mm-hmm. touched upon Howard mm-hmm. and the man actually gave some misinformation about him, about when he retired um, from uh, from football and boxing. Both transpired in, in 1983. This guy said 84. And I was like, no, sir, it was 83. He's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly certain I know this. And I'm like, uh, but I'm fairly certain I know it better. <laughs> Um, and I had a nervous, I went back to my, my dorm and I had basically a nervous breakdown. I was like, there's no, this man is so big that I'm being taught about him in school. Uh, not only that, but like misinformation about him. Um, but like, and, and so I shied away from it for a decade. It really messed me up. Mm. And so I went into standup comedy. I was doing voiceovers. I went into radio. I was a, a, a news anchor, um, for, for a few years and that was really depressing. And, um, and finally a buddy of mine who's a TV producer said dude let me help you get your your footing in in the or at least your foot in the door in sports broadcasting it's like it's where you belong and it was an uphill uh process because it was, it was truly a battle because you had this slew this massive influx of kids coming out of the new house school in syracuse who were cookie cutter they were cheap and they were uh and and, and they were safe mm-hmm. and i was pushing 30 i was a comedian 
and I had not done any sports broadcasting in a decade, I was a potential disaster. So no one wanted yeah. to take a chance on me. And there was also the co-sell part of it, too. They're like, well, you better have some chops. Right. And, you know, I, again, I was way out of practice. And fortunately, a local network that had just started called MSG Varsity um, took a chance on me. And they, over the five-year span of that network's life, allowed me to go from sideline reporter to color commentator to play-by-play to producer, writer, anchor, um, won three Emmys with them, and uh, the rest is history. Amazing. Wow. Amazing. We're going to yeah. get to that in one minute. What is your, but I got to wrap up this segment. What is your yeah. dream job, or is this it? You're living it now. Um, do, or you're waiting for Howie, Keith, and Ron to call you over and say, we're adding one more. Uh, no, no, they're, uh, they're good. They're good where, <laughs> where they're at right now. Um, this, this literally is it. Like, this is a dream job. I get to, I get paid to watch sports and talk into a microphone. Um, and it's in, in a way that is not, you know, your typical sports broadcasting career. You know what I mean? Like yep. I'm not, I'm not going from arena to arena or ballpark to ballpark. I'm in one specific place and I'm reading words off a piece of paper at the end of the day. It's, it's easy, but it's also high pressure. Uh, it's sports broadcasting, but it isn't. And it's, if I could do this 365 days out of the year, I absolutely would. Um, and it's actually gotten to that point now where that's kind of where I'm at um, with other sports that I announce. And it's a like a 50,000 person bringer. So it's perfect. 100%. Yes. And I don't have to bring any of them. There you I don't go. Have to go up and down Times Square saying, hey, come watch my team. Yeah. It's the Mets. All right. Yeah, let's exactly. move. Let's go to the next corner, which is a good segue for uh, the job in sports. You kind of told us how um, you get something like that. But I was, Neil, I was talking about this. A voice in sports can be everything. You know what I mean? Like you're three into this, three years into the job and apparently it's a lot of fun. And you just told us how the job came about. Like voices in sports, obviously you... Your grandfather was one of the biggest voices in sports. I mean, a voice can be everything, especially public address announcer. Bob Shepard for the Yankees was there from like 1950, for like 50 years he was yeah. there. Yeah, I know. And yeah. everybody knows Bob Shepard if you're a Yankees fan. Yeah. You know, they still play him on Yes. They had recorded everything before he passed away. So, I'd like, you're watching <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know? no, it, it's it, crazy. I mean, it leaks into you. It just becomes who you are. Like, those voices... Because, I mean, we love sports, so they're just part of our day every day. So they just, they just get into you, these voices. But public address announcer, Colin, could be there for the next 50 years. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. It's a big, I mean, it's, you're, you're such a big part of everybody's life that, yeah. you, you, you know, I don't know if you realize it, but then we realize that you're, that's why, you know, those, those voices are. Yeah, amazing. it's pretty cool. Well, it's it's the one thing that um, that I can talk to Mets fans about that's Yankees related that no one is going to argue with or, <laughs> or shun. Yeah, you know, I, I tell them I want to be the the Bob Shepard of City Field or of the New York Mets, and and there's universal respect for that. Yes, you know, they're like I and I hope you are. Um, you know, if I told them I want to be the Aaron Aaron Judge of the New York Mets, um, <laughs> they would stab me in the throat and make sure I can't do my job ever again. Uh, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's uh, it, but it's 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 true. It's it's one of those iconic voices and. Uh, and you know everyone, um, I think, who's a uh, a PA announcer wants to to do that, wants to emulate that career and have that iconic voice. 
And, you know, it, it, it was a it was a very tough transition for me and for Mets fans because Alex Anthony had been the voice of the Mets. He was there with the transition from Shea to City Field. He was there for 17 years, which wow. in this day and age in sports is a lifetime. Yep. And, you know, when he was unceremoniously let go and they brought in myself and, and Matisal Castro to be the new PA announcers for the Mets, they, there was a bunch of like, oh, sure, they can bring in two PA announcers, but they can't, you know get it get a good left fielder you know, and, it was like, <laughs> and i was just like guys i just want to tell you who's batting next <laughs> you know, man, so, that's harsh I know. Uh, and so i uh so i did everything in my power to uh to you know open the the booth up to the fans in, in any way i could and let them know that listen um, this is safe space. I want to be your voice. I also want to be your friend. I don't want to be some guy that's just talking at the back of your head for three hours. Right. Um, you know, this this job is, you know, it's my job. It's it's yours as well. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to just be some guy barking at you on it. I, I want to be your friend as well. I want to be a fan with you. And so I've, I've put a lot of effort towards that. That's awesome. Neil, did I ever tell you my Bob Shepard story? No. Okay, I got two. I know that Colin, you want to hear a Bob yeah, Shepard yeah. story? I got two. Mm-hmm. First of all, my favorite Bob Shepard thing is the Baltimore Orioles used to have a shortstop named Mike Bordick. He was, you know, off glove, no hit, right? But Bob Shepard would announce like, now batting number, whatever he was, yeah. Mike Bord Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I would die. I would cry every time. Cry every time. Th- I'm like, does he know? He's saying. And then my other one. Um, so he used to do the Giants too, like uh, for a long time. So I, you know, being the statistician of the Giants, like you'd hear him, you know, like, and he would have like very creative, you know, Rodney Hampton spilled. Oh, I didn't. At the did 33 yard. Yes, <laughs> he he got he transitioned out of okay. that for a while. But he was there for a while. He did both. Oh. Very regal guy. Like he was taller than me. He was must have been like six two. So, you know, I used to have this bit, Colin, I used to, I, I, from, uh, <laughs> you know, peeing at the <laughs> yeah, yeah. urinal, you know, like I would turn to him and go, now peeing, <laughs> number one, Lenny Mark, number one, <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, so, but I met him, he, we're at Giants, <laughs> we we're at Giants Stadium, and he's sitting at the next table, like the, you'd eat lunch before the game started, they, yeah. they give everybody lunch, so he, he had his old cronies there, they're all in their 80s at the time, easily, you know, and they're all sitting there, and he's, the tables are so close together, they had real napkin, like it was like a real to-do then, right, and back in the early 90s at least, so, and the, all these old guys are sitting, so he's late, he's last to the table. All these old guys are sitting around and I'm literally almost shoulder to shoulder. You know, that's how close the table is. And he's sitting down. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to hear a Bob Shepard say something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's, a that's reg- not, a regular thing. has anything yeah, to do yeah. with baseball. What is this guy going to say, right? Well, I guess the other guy got up and Bob Shepard sits down and the other guy comes in and sits down. And this is what I hear Bob Shepard say, sigh. I believe this is your napkin, which I have snatched. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and you're like the most excited like, guy in the that, world. Oh my god, that was amazing! He sounds amazing <laughs> yeah. doing everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be so god, excited. I was so hoping it was going to be a critique of the food. Like, <laughs> oh man, These potatoes. The potatoes are lumpy. I don't <laughs> like awesome. lumpy potatoes. Lumpy. <laughs> 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 that's awesome oh man that is so funny i have some gristle, gristle. <laughs> yeah it's bizarre when you hear him say so could you imagine it's just you know i mean i worked with a voiceover guy one yeah. time like we had gone in 
he was the you know when you read copy for any kind of um commercial yeah. i'll never do that now I, when they would bring me in to do the you know verizon you know the tag i forget what they call it the actual verizon tag. like i would do the funny copy like yeah. oh my god bob i can't <laughs> believe it's a verizon phone you know but they the guy who had brought it came into yeah, i was never the guy that goes like in uh you know for 49.99 yeah. a month you yeah know, that, that right I can never no get that. i can't do that either they got pros to do that right and then some of these guys have the world's greatest yeah, voice yeah, yeah, so i'm talking to that guy one day right he's in there doing it with me and they bring him in and he's just a normal looking guy but he's got the world's greatest voice like this, right <laughs> and and that I mean, talking to him outside, we were taking like the subway uptown. It's the weirdest thing. Like the guy's got a ridiculously stupid voice for the rest of the world. No, I know these voices. He's like, are- oh, I'm taking the two train and I'm going, <laughs> you know, like what? No, famous voices. <laughs> I, al- I always remember I was walking down the street in New York and I just heard the voice. Yep. And I'm like, holy shit, that's the guy from R.E.M. I don't even, I don't <laughs> see Stipe? him. Yeah, Michael Stipe. Oh, I don't see him. He's outside a restaurant talking with his friends. Yeah. I'm literally walking by. I don't, that's like. There's a sale on the corner. <laughs> yeah, right? What, that, are you, what are you listening I to? I hear that voice and I'm like, uh, Michael Stipe's somewhere. And then I'm like, <laughs> I, and I turn around. I'm like, sure enough, it's him right yeah. there. And so, but voices are so strong. It's so like if, crazy. Yeah. If you can, you know, if you can get it right. No question. No question. Can you, can you imagine he pulls you aside and he's like, Neely, did you hear about this one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> newspaper <laughs> it is it's weird but that know. i know yeah it's weird um well you know with with that i'll, I'll give you a, a little glimpse into like mundane things said by iconic voices my grandfather cool. um he loves you know when it when addressing his his grandkids you know there there's kind of like a, a playful chatter like a kind of a, a play on words mm-hmm. that was almost like like baby talk almost yeah and you know instead of you know having to to, to you know go to the loo or mm-hmm. you know i've got to take a whiz it it, it was uh tinkle was his, his word but for the <laughs> for the grandkids it was tinny and so it's just like up you know we'd be playing a board game he's like i'll be right back i've got to do a tinny <laughs> so so there you go there's there's the uh, there you go you lived with it yeah it must have been crazy like but to somebody who doesn't live with it you know it's just it's insane um so yeah, yeah when howard would bark for you for lunch and be like your grandmother got you sandwiches Get in here. <laughs> did he work in like sports like you're slower than, you know, whatever. He, uh, You're slower than in, George Foreman's left hook in 73, you know. We, uh, we, we turned him into a hockey fan. And, uh, <laughs> and so we, we bought him to a bunch of uh, Rangers games. And uh, the goalie at the time for the Rangers was John Van Beesbrook. And the champ for John Van Beesbrook Beezer. was Beezer. Yep. And uh, so he loved that. Mm. So randomly throughout the early 90s, you know, you'd just be kind of sitting there and just for no reason whatsoever like it'd be silence everyone be like reading a book and relaxing all of a sudden you just get pizza (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's great nowhere it was startling uh well getting back to this this your public address announcing the mets are good now so this is even double more fun and the ownership is new ownership is huge i've said this forever that like changing ownership is is huge and these guys aren't cheap so this is this is like a new dawn of the day for the mets i think do you feel that it's 
Yeah, it's um, it, it's crazy, and it's you know, it's also it's kind of bittersweet because the you know the Wilpons gave me my my big break. You right. know, they gave me my shot, and it's literally the one parallel I have in my career that uh, that you know is parallel with my grandfather. Because mm. his first big break as a reporter was in 1962 for this brand new team called the New York Mets, oh, and wow. my first big break as a professional announcer was 56 years later with the New York Mets, uh, and so I I owe a debt of gratitude to Fred and Jeff and the Wilpon family for, for taking a chance on me because it was a blind audition. They didn't hire me because they're like, Oh, if we get Cosell's grandson, that'll be great headlines. No one cares. Right. Um, you know, so it was, uh, I, so, you know, when there's that change, um, obviously there's an air of excitement. It's, you know, basically the fans going nuts over it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's, uh, when you've got Steve Cohen who comes in there, he's been uh, a lifelong fan, a diehard fan, and his M.O. right now isn't to make the next billion dollars. It's to bring a championship back to the New York Metropolitans. There you and, go. Um, and he's doing it in a way that is very calculated, um, but he's not afraid to spend. And right. He brought in people that he knows he can trust to uh, to to do that. And there is there's already something about this team. Um, there's There's something a vibe you get about it um, that, you know, you got with like the 09 Yankees um, where mm-hmm. there's that com- camaraderie and that, uh, that chemistry with the team. Um, you know, you felt it with the San Francisco giants when they were winning every odd year for several years, you know? Um, so they, there's, there is an air of excitement. There's a reason to be optimistic. Of course, as Mets fans, we have to be cautiously optimistic. Um, but you know, it, it's, it, it is, it's really, really exciting. And now it's at a point where you can really gauge where the fans are at uh, just based on Twitter. And, you know, if there's nothing they can find to complain about, then, then you know that <laughs> something is going right. And even with losses, they're like, guys, this is a bump in the road. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And I'm like, whoa, where did you guys come from? This is, this is great. That is pretty good. Right now on Twitter, yeah, it's, it's the opposite for the Yankees. They, they have oh. like every weekend. They've lost three weekends in a row. Like they haven't won a That's game terrible. in three weekends. So every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the fan base is losing their mind. Every my trending top one is Cashman. The next one is Boone. And every time. And if you read the tweet, the people are apoplectic. Like yeah. do something, get rid of them. Uh, it's not. So I'm glad. Um, well, I mean, this is the enjoy because what were you seven years old when the Mets won the World Series the last time? Did you even know what was happening? Yeah, absolutely. That was my first experience with a championship in New York, and I will never ever forget that. You know, it was um, it it united and ignited the city. It was it was truly um, amazing to me, and that's really where I fell in love with baseball. Um, was with that. I was like, oh, this is this is awesome. Like this is really cool. Uh, and then the Giants started winning Super Bowls, and then the you know the Yankees went on on their. You know their dynasty, and, and the um, Rangers won in '94. Wait, wait, wait! You just... forgot somebody. <laughs> the Islanders. Hello, oh, yeah. I won was, four in a row. I was, I was four years old, and I was recovering from a double hernia. I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> I was learning to walk. My parents were going through a divorce at the time. <laughs> oh boy, we've come full circle. All right, let's go to the next one. We're gonna go to the third corner. The third corner is uh, Howard Cosell. Um, for those of you who do not know who I'm talking about, get a clue. Because I'm not broadcasting legend. Um, you, you, as people today do not know how big he was. He was as big 
a celebrity as you could get, especially in the sports world, obviously. Um, here's my favorite part of the story, Howard Cohen, Jewish Neil from obviously from Brooklyn. Um, but it was Howard Cohen. How did he come up with Cosell? So their their name when they came over to Ellis Island was Kotzel. Um, and, uh, of course they were like, nope, nope. Got to Americanize it. We're, we give you Cohen. Right. And, um, basically I, I believe it was, um, Howard's mother, uh, nay, who was like, all right, listen, let's, let's bargain here. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, what if we take Castle and Americanize it and make it co-sell? And whoever was at Ellis Island was just like, you know what? All right, fine. So they, uh, so that's how it, that's how it happened. But so are there Howard William Cohen? Did other people do Cosell? So Cosell must be a pretty rare name. It's I'm fairly certain we're it. Um, you know, <laughs> we're not the we're not the second coming of Smith. Um, it is uh, <laughs> we are unique unto ourselves. We are a very small unit. Um, and again, that was also part of the reason why I wanted to to change my last yeah. name because my my birth name Cohane. Um, there's, there's Cohen's everywhere. Like, right. I, you know, that's Irish Catholic roots. Of course, there's tons of them They're mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very, very unique last name. And, um, I think, you know, when I did ancestry or 23 and me or whatever it is, uh, you know, there's, uh, when they're connecting me to people I might be related to, or like eight cousins twice removed or whatever. Um, a lot of them are Cohen. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I yeah. believe that. Um, he was a lawyer. He was brilliant. He was uh, occasionally too smart for the room, uh, for sure. After the war, after the war, Cosell became practicing law in Manhattan, primarily primarily union law. Some of the clients were actors. Some of them were athletes, including Willie Mays. Cosell's own hero in athletics was Jackie Robinson, who served as a personal and professional inspiration to him in his career. That's what it says on Wikipedia. Um, did he talk about Jackie Robinson a lot? held him in the highest regard um they became best friends um rachel is still a, a, a jackie's widow is still a dear family friend um the woman does not age uh she is as beautiful as she is gracious and just an unbelievable human being and um yeah they uh jackie actually jackie and rachel lived in stanford connecticut oh, wow. so my grandfather when jackie would come in and do things in the city they they would commute together my grandfather with jackie robinson and uh, former giants legend andy robustelli Wow, um, would would all commute together, uh, and that was that for a holy trinity right yeah. there, right? Um, and then, uh, and then, ironically, in my high school, I went to uh, this small private school in Stanford called King School, and I had a graduating class of thirty eight kids. Oh wow! And one of the kids in my class is named Jesse Sims, and Jesse is Jackie Robinson's grandson. Oh, wow. So by happenstance. Somehow the stars aligned and Howard Cosell's grandson and Jackie Robinson's grandson were in the same high school class in this tiny private school in Stanford, Connecticut, of all places. That's so amazing. There's a fun tidbit for you. Wow. Nice. And we were pol- we were polar opposites of each other. <laughs> uh, but by 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 senior year we had forged a friendship. Oh, that's oh, wow. awesome. And he um Howard did a show on ABC for years called Speaking of Sports, and that was sort of his launching pad into and you said the Mets. Well, yeah, that was uh, the, the Mets was his launching pad into, uh, you know, being a, a journalist right. and uh, and a broadcast journalist, I guess. Um, and then Rune Arledge uh, really liked what he saw and saw something in my grandfather um, that a lot of people were not 
you know, ready for, you know, they, they wanted the Cronkites. You wanted that, right. that, that, that old timey golden throat approach to <laughs> news and broadcasting. Yeah. And, um, what they told my grandfather was very, very subtly anti-Semitic, which was, he sounded too New York, which was <laughs> code for, he sounded too Jewish. Yeah. I might and, get that a couple uh, of times. Don't worry about <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, heard that. Marcus, he sounds he sounds really Jewy. Yeah, um, you that, know, but, they don't hold back anymore. That's exactly what they no. say. They've changed. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the, you really did take a chance on him, and it ended up becoming one of the most iconic voices in in all of sports and in television history. Really, not only that, but I was looking at some of the stuff that I remembered. I mean, he did like. Battle of the Sexes. Remember that whole thing with Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King? Yeah, which yeah, I mean, yeah. that was he called that match, yeah. you know, and that was a huge deal back in the seventies for Billie Jean to beat him in that. Um, and then, of course, the whole thing with Muhammad Ali boxing itself. He like elevated that. I mean, Muhammad Ali was big. The golden age of boxing was right there, yeah. and he was in on the ground floor of that. He was, he was, he called all those great fights. You know, um, Foreman and. Um, and Frazier, and then he was involved in basically everything Ali did. So, you know, Ali thought the world of him for some reason. Is that true? They, yeah, they were absolute best friends. You know, my grandfather always gravitated towards the underdog, more specifically the minority athlete. Right. And, um, you know, and that all starts with, the, you know, the likes of Jackie Robinson. And he, because my grandfather faced it as well. You know, he grew up going to, to Ebbets Field and was, you know, chased home from school by the Irish Catholic right. boys. And ironically, his daughter, Jill, my mother, <laughs> would marry an Irish Catholic boy. So uh, that's a whole other thing to unpack when we have a therapy session together. Um, <laughs> I'd imagine. We wouldn't talk about the divorce and everything. Um, but, uh, but no, you know, it was – my grandfather saw something in Ali during the Olympics uh, when he won the gold medal. And – uh, and my, uh, they both were so bombastic and yep. were so larger than life in their personalities. And they gravitated towards each other for that. And with that, and they were both going to be huge on their own, but they were even bigger together. And they, sure. they, they saw that, um, but behind the scenes, you know, my grandfather also loved Ali because he's, he, my grandfather thought Muhammad was the smartest uneducated man he'd ever met. <laughs> and, and and he truly was. And it was true. My grandfather would behind the scenes when they had downtime together, my grandfather was teaching Ali how to read and write Wow, because he was illiterate. He was essentially illiterate. And my grandfather was teaching him. So, I mean, it, it that their, their friendship goes, it went really, really deep and they <laughs> truly helped to build each other and make each other. And they recognized that, but they truly did love each other. At one time, Ali quipped on TV. One of his famous rhymes was like, Cosell, you're a phony, and that thing on your head comes from the tail of a pony. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, the counter to that, my, my favorite, uh, you know, my grandpa was talking to him after he was uh, after some sparring, and he goes, well, Muhammad, you're being mighty truculent. And Muhammad goes, well, whatever truculent means, if it's good, I'm that. <laughs> <laughs> your, your grandfather also did Battle of the Network Stars. I want to run down some of these. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. favorite show of all time maybe have been Battle of the Network Stars. They will not do that today for some reason. I mean, this would still be huge, but there's nobody watching 
there's no celebrities that are like tied to ABC. The shows never last. You know, what are you going to do? Blackish yeah. against nobody even knows it anymore. But that was so much fun. I'm surprised, though, it hasn't come back. I always think it's coming back. Well, let me tell you a quick Battle of Network Star story. Okay. okay. So the first one, I think it might have been the first one ever. William, I think it what was the guy? Conrad? Robert oh, yeah, Conrad. Yeah, yeah, I dare you to knock this yeah, off, yeah, right? Yeah. He had a battery commercial, right? You, I don't know if you even remember this, uh, Colin. He had a battery commercial yes. on his shoulder. I dare you to knock this off. That was his big thing. And I forget the show that made him, which is sad that I don't remember. But he went up against Gabe Kaplan. I rooted for ABC, <laughs> right? Gabe, That's your guy. It was tied. Yeah. ABC and NBC were tied. Yeah, and Gabe Kaplan's my guy, right? I love Gabe Kaplan. And they do once around the track, like a court. What is that? Uh, I'm so excited you're telling the story. This is my favorite. Go for it. Okay. So, <laughs> and so, I mean, he's talking trash. And I guess Conrad is maybe, he's got to be 20 years older than Gabe Kaplan at the time. Yeah. Right. And Kaplan's like, oh, well, we'll go with winner take all for once around the track. And Gabe Kaplan just smokes him just going around the track and ABC wins. Right. So um, I meet Gabe Kaplan. I don't know. 40 years later, (laughs) 30 years later. Right. And he's at he's uh, he's at Gotham Comedy Club. And I say I got two questions. And one was about the movie Fast Break. But one was about this. I go Battle Network stars. Just, I mean, did you think you could beat Robert Conrad? Because I was, yeah, I was rooting for you so bad. He goes, not even blank. He goes, yeah, I knew I had him. He goes, I ran track in high school. He was talking and talking and talking. <laughs> I ran track in high school. I'm like 20 years younger than the guy. I'm like, I am gonna smoke him, and he did. <laughs> yeah, and maybe so I was like, girl, that was awesome. It was so tense. <sighs> What I loved about that was there, there was like a bitter contest about it too. Like yeah. going into that, that tie and Conrad was just like, he's a jerk. He was, he, yeah, he was really up in arms about it. He was being a real schmuck. And of course, what I love about both of them, they finished this race. The first thing they do is light up a cigarette. So that's the era <laughs> that like that was a good race. Let's strike up. a lucky. And like, It was just what a disaster. But, uh, Kaplan is, uh, no, I'm sorry, Conrad is, is, you know, bitching and moaning to my grandfather. And my grandfather turns to him and goes, Robert, baby, I don't make the rules. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's so funny. Yeah, not only did he do that, but he did, he did my, I can't tell you how many things he was in. Not only was my favorite sportscaster or whatever, and I watched everything he did in sports, but then when he shows up on my favorite show, The Odd Couple, I mean, oh, it, yeah. my head explodes. Right, and he did Broadway, Danny Rose, which is one of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. And he was in Bananas. Yeah, he does. He does. Does the sportscaster on the bananas. stairs? Yeah, on the yeah. stairs. But I mean, come on, man. Um, the Odd Couple Oscar when he's just. Re- and this is all pre ESPN too. So yeah, yeah. That nasal twang is the single most identifiable voice in all of broadcast. You know? <laughs> yeah, I love that. And, uh, and Bananas actually, that's another one of my favorites because the the. Uh, this dictator has been assassinated, and as he's dying on the steps, everyone clears the way so my grandfather can interview him while this man is dying. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he says the, the iconic line, El Presidente, <laughs> you know it was over. <laughs> yeah, it was the so great. Had just been shot. Yeah. No, no better question. When yeah. did you know it was over? I mean, he just, you know, there's nothing wrong with your radios. It's just Oscar Madison telling you everything he knows about professional football. You know, like, um, it's funny, brash, larger than life, just great. He announced John Lennon's death on TV. I vividly remember that. 
watching the football game and then they break in with that and i that's a whole nother story i know it's a big story um well because it's it's crazy because it seems like for some reason there was nothing about that particular game that should have been a marquee matchup but it feels like everyone and their mother and their grandmother and their unborn children were watching that yep. particular game yeah and it, it was just i mean it was just so uh, it's so bizarre that everyone just happened to be watching this and heard my grandfather announce you know and at that point my grandfather had forged a, a really solid friendship with lennon yeah and so my my grandfather was heartbroken at the time too so it was a very bittersweet moment for him and people don't realize that because you know he announces it so deadpan and when he says you know brought to roosevelt hospital dead on arrival and it's just i mean like and it's just it's so cold and stinging, but yeah. at the same time, my grandfather just learned about his friend being assassinated. So it was, it was pretty crazy, like a whole situation around it. So nuts! Well, I remember that vividly. And then he did well, a he show. Did the, he does the he did the halftime Monday night, like the little halftime review. Yeah, the the highlights. The highlight. Yeah. Oh yeah, with no no script, he was watching it live. So you were literally getting a sports fan wow. doing play by play of stuff. No, yeah, like he knew the outcome, but they had never seen them before. So he's doing them right off the cuff. And I swear to God, in my head, I'm just like waiting for that to come back on Monday Night Football. I it it like I need it back, and I'm like never, every Monday no, Night Football, the, so every many game. Now. I'm like no, but I'm waiting for it to feel like that. Oh. Yeah, I love. I mean, that's what we. It's over. We gravitated to that moment. On, I mean, well, just to show you at halftime, and and they still do it, and it's just so. Well, what does it get now? A two rating, and then back yeah. then it got like a twenty-five rating. Yeah, but they've never. They've tried to match it. It feels like for forever they've tried yeah. to match that moment that your grandfather no. Howard did. Monday Night they Football is a whole that's a, thing. That's a crazy talent that yeah. he had. That was pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, they they've been trying they've been trying to capture that lightning in a bottle for nearly 40 years now. They can't um, do it. You know, no. once you know, once once Howard, you know, hung it up and, and moved on, they they've been trying to find A the chemistry in the booth and and B the personalities to match it. And I think the closest they got was, you know, when when Gruden was in there. Um, <laughs> but still uh, there's nothing iconic about you know, about John Gruden. There's, yeah, you know, yeah, no. Uh, they tried everything. Yeah, they tried Dennis Miller. They tried uh, uh, Tony uh, Kornheiser. They've been, they tried, they've been chasing it yeah. forever. It's like, oh my god, they just can't. It's over, it. kids. Yeah, I, I don't know how to tell you this. Yeah, yeah. People just there's too many channels. And the people aren't all glued to this. I don't know. Um, and there's too many. There's too many nights of football. Like you've got Thursday night. You got Saturday come December. You've got Sunday. You've got Monday. Uh, this season we had Tuesday games. Like it was just like the whole thing. It's just like it, it used to be all the games are on a Sunday except for this one on Monday. And then it became must see TV. Now it's so saturated. It's like, what's the point? It's amazing. He was amazing as far as being polarizing and compelling. And it was, he was at the right place, at the right time for sure. And he elevated the sport there too. I think that when you watch some of these guys like Stephen A. Smith, you know, like he can thank the world yeah. for Howard Cosell. But I mean, he's basically doing a Cosell impression, you know? Yeah. I mean, I everybody wants that. a hot take personality. <laughs> everybody want, you know, this hot, you know, trying to be out bombastic the next guy. But this was a natural thing for your grandfather but and it won't be can, duplicated. Can, can, no. And can you imagine Howard Cosell name dropping the way Stephen <laughs> A. Smith does it? No. It'd be like, you know, like he's not going to be like, you know, Wayne Gretzky and I did Thanksgiving together. And I know he's going to sign with the L.A. King. Like, <laughs> no, that was not, that was not, it was not Stephen A. Smith, I think, is a, a disaster. I think he's a buffoon. He's made a great career for himself. Yep. He's got a great you know, command of the English language. 
but I think he's a caricature, and I cannot stand him. Oh, well, yeah. well we can edit that out if you want. <laughs> well, no, not you don't at end all. up working for him. <laughs> nope, not a chance. Uh, not a chance. Oh, man. All right. Well, we're, do you have anything yeah. else to say about your grandfather? Because uh, he was the best. That's all I'm going to wrap this segment yeah, up. I love with. the story. Yeah. We could talk uh, all day. You know, the, the, the crazy thing about it is I was so young and I missed the prime of his career, the, that being the late 70s and, and I'm sorry, the uh, the late 60s into the 70s. Mm-hmm. The really cool thing about it is because of the advent of things like YouTube and because of my job in sports, um, I get to hear stories about him that I never heard before at all throughout my life. You know, now even at 41 years old, I still am hearing things about him from different people, different stories that people have. Awesome. And that's that's the wildest thing about it. So, it, you know, I, I miss him terribly. It's been almost uh, it's been over 16 years or 16. It's been 26 years since he passed. Um, but, you know, the, that, that memory, the fact that he had such a lasting impact. Um, that the stories are still there and that his memory is still very much alive is, is pretty incredible. Well, like so, I said, one of the few memories I had in yeah. my childhood was like we sent some tape over to another school in another country when I was in fourth grade or something like that. And people were doing, you know, singing, whatever. And mine was a Howard Cosell impression. <laughs> people probably had no idea what the hell I was doing. I just <laughs> I would love to see but that. I, so would I. I don't know that they burned that tape a long time ago. I don't know where that that must have been like yeah. some sort of beta craziness but i i mean he was so entrenched in my sports living yeah, in your world well, he crossed world. over everything so that was weird. everything yeah. and my father would tell me all the time he's jewish so it's perfect <laughs> yeah it was great all right let's move on all right the last corner i want to do i want to do a quiz um this is gonna be so easy i'm gonna put neil in the soundproof booth go ahead neil I'll be back all right good luck good luck neil this is gonna be 10 questions today neil 10 you can't even screw that i mean i don't even know how you cannot even stay close just stay close all right low Come on, close it up, Neil. I hope there's oxygen in there, right? You guys give him air? <laughs> I think he pees in whatever booth he's in. All right. <laughs> um, all right, this is Sports Quiz, the greatest sports calls. I'm going to give you the sports call. You tell me you said it. So if I said down go Frazier, it would obviously be right. Howard Cosell. I got 10 of them. You tell oh, me man. who said it. Some of them are, uh, this should be easy for a sports aficionado. And Watch me blow this. Watch me blow it. All right. Who says, you are looking live? You are looking live? You are looking live. That was his big handle. Every game started with, you are looking live. Oh, man. Uh, I, 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 I'm off to a roaring start. I, I can't for the life of me. Oh my Lord. Really? Every game you are looking live at Soldier Field, Chicago. You are looking live at, that's all he ever said was you are looking live. Um, that, well, that, no, that, that wouldn't be Al Michaels. Um, I, I'm, I'm blanking, man. All right. I'm, we'll skip, we'll go to the next one. Do you believe in miracles? We'll go through it with Neil. Do you believe in uh, miracles? Okay, okay. Yes. Well, that's Al Michaels. Okay. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. The shot heard round the world. Yes. Um, oh, God. Uh, oh, geez. I was not prepared for this. Um, well, that's the point. I mean, if you prepare. Well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Lenny. Can we, make, can we make the rules up as we go? Yes. That, sure. That, uh, <laughs> um Hold on. I don't so, make uh, the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do make the rules. So, so. Um, you want to come back? Uh, we can come back to it. I'm. Uh, that was. Um, 
it was because it was here. The, the pitcher was Ralph Branca, mm-hmm. who was a friend of my grandfather's. Mm-hmm. Um, no points for that. Uh, <laughs> God. Yeah, come, come, I'll by, come uh, back to um, it. You'll get warmed up. We'll come back to it. Havlicek yeah. stole the ball. Havlicek stole the ball. Havlicek stole the ball. Oh, God. Harder than you think. Hmm? Yeah, why are you doing this to me, Lenny? I was really enjoying my Tuesday morning. Oh, man. We can come back. Um, Don't worry, Neil's not getting them either. I'd be shocked. There's only 10 of them. Uh, oh, uh, 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 Russ Hodges. Yes. Sorry. That's from the other one going back. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I was was stuck on Bob Murphy for some reason. That was not not it. (laughs) Hamlet checks all the ball. Hamlet checks all the ball. Famous Boston announcer. Yeah, I know. And I. um, All right, let's move on. Um, I'm sorry. Send it in, Jerome. (laughs) (laughs) My wife is cringing. This is her favorite, and she hates this guy. Send it in, Jerome. Or onions. That's uh, that's that's rapping. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, it is. Um, go fra- go crazy, that. folks. Go crazy. After Ozzy Smith, uh, after an Ozzy Smith home run in it's, Game uh, Five of the NLCS. Um, uh, uh, Jack Buck. Yes. Little roller up the f- along. Little roller up along first behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. Um, that was there's because there's two iconic calls on that. There's Bob Murphy's. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna give you one but, more shot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the national I know, call. I know, I know that's not the because uh, the Bob Murphy's. Uh, yeah, it gets it gets through right. Buckner. Um. Which, uh, um, who was the other call? Um, uh, uh, Vin Scully. Yes. There you go. Thank you. Jesus. My God. I don't believe what I just saw. Oh, man. This is the Kirk Gibson pinch hit home run in 1980. Yeah. Um, Kirk Gibson... But um, wait, was that Buck again? Yes, it was. I tried trick you. Yes, good job. You jerk. (laughs) Yes, I am. Oh, Lenny, documented. I didn't say. I make the rules. Um, there it is. (laughs) This is a tough one. The last two are tough. Um, there it is. A win for the ages. And this is Tiger Woods winning by a stroke by twelve strokes at the Masters. Hi, friends. This is Jim Nance. That is correct. Hi, friends. That's funny. All right. Last one. Very hard. There's a drive into left center field. The ball is going to be out of here. It's gone. It's 715. There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. Uh, this one you're just going to have to flat out now. Um, I, I, uh, you don't have it? I'm trying to think. Who... All right, we'll go. Uh, we'll go seven out of ten. Uh, Don't worry, I, Neil's I mean, not going to win. That gets you in the baseball hall of fame, so that's good. <laughs> um, All right, well, to, uh, there's no way you either have it or you don't. You'll never come up with it. It's really hard. I mean, unless you know uh, this, because that wasn't that wasn't Vin Scully as well. No, was it? no, I'm not that big of a dick. All right, here we go, Neil. 
Neil, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. All right, let's see if Neil can pull off any of this. He's got a. You got a shot at it, Neil. Oh, okay. Believe it or not. This would be a big moment if I could win this one. Yeah, this is a, it's a sports quiz. Oh, wow. Yeah, he went seven out of ten. I mean, if I win this, I think I'll retire right after this. I think you probably should. You beat a sportscaster <laughs> at you beat a sportscaster at a sportscaster <laughs> quiz. Is it for me? So I'm gonna give you the the call, meaning the sports call. Um, you tell me who said it. So if I said down goes Frazier, it would be Howard Cosell. So yeah, you just gotta uh, tell me. Fuck, I'm in deep <laughs> trouble. <laughs> <laughs> who said? Who's favorite? Who's famous for saying? I mean, Howard Cosell is like the only one I know. Well, then keep guessing that. <laughs> right, Maybe I, you'll get can seven I say it ten, ten times? Sure. All right. You want to just stop right there? And yeah, Howard Cosell. You got, oh, all right, let's it's go. It's a zero. Let's go. <laughs> There's your hint. <laughs> okay. You, you are looking live. Come on. Every weekend, if you watch any football growing up the entire childhood, you are looking live at Soldier Field. You are looking live at Giant Stadium. You are looking live at... No, I, I like that. I, I, I hear it. Yeah. But all of a sudden, like, the worst name popped into my head. What name? Warner Wolf. <laughs> I'm just joking. Wait, okay, I'm just joking. It's I just Wolf. Heard. There's an L Wolf. in that word. No, there's not. Okay. I'm all right. Uh, stupid backwards, your friend. I, wait, Lenny, I, uh, was, that, was that Musburger? Yes. Uh, there it is. Woo. I'm going to give him an extra one for that. I, Eight out of ten. I should have known that one. <laughs> I make the rules. Right? I should have yeah. known. How that. do you not know that? It's every two seconds. You are looking live. Well, what? for Musburger, my favorite is when he tells who he's gambling on. He yeah. always gambles yeah. on the games. Minus three. Like, yeah. uh, somebody's going to be upset. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just lost 500000 on that shot by Larry Bird. Right, Jimmy? <laughs> and then he cut to Jimmy the Greek. He's like, yeah. Uh, that's my favorite. I was like, holy shit, they're gambling on the game too. Black people are good at sports. <laughs> All right. All right. Do you believe in Brett Musburger? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Al Michaels. Yeah, I on, got one. Yeah. Nice. One for two. Good job. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. Bobby Thompson. Uh, You've seen that clip a thousand times. Yeah, yeah, but I just don't, I mean. Uh, that is a famous sports cast call. Let's do it again. That you're kidding, right? The Giants win the pennant. The <laughs> Giants if win you're the give it. I mean, I was gonna guess Howard Cosell, but obviously it's not that. Uh, 1951 yeah, Polo Grounds shot heard round the world. The Giants went on to lose to the New York Yankees in the World Series. I don't know. It is Russ Hodges. Nah, I wouldn't have tough call. That. Tough call. That, that is a tough. I one. I didn't get that one either. Vince Scully. Now, now, Neil, if you don't know this one, I'm kidding. Havlicek stole the ball. Havlicek stole uh, the ball. Uh, uh, Bill Moist. Uh, <laughs> Phil Moist? Not, not Moist. Uh, what kind of name? This is Phil Moist. <laughs> Phil. Phil. It really no, was uh, hot, hot at the Boston Garden. Yeah, it's a legend sure. himself. Yeah. I listen to him all the time. <laughs> Fuck. There's no air conditioner in here. You know that this guy used I know, to get the I thing. know him. Just give me it because I know who you're talking about. You know about. this guy couldn't hear for years, and he had the uh, the IFB oh, they, stuck in his ear. They had to pull the IFB out of his They were like, the reason you oh, can't hear. Oh, it got hear, stuck too far in? Yeah. They, well, he, he didn't, didn't know He it? forgot about it. And then it go, he goes to the doctor, and they like, pull it out. You know you have the IFB stuck in your ear. Yeah. Oh, right. shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite broadcasting legend was Phil Moist. Phil, Mo <laughs> Phil Moist. Phil Moist. This is Phil Moist. It's so close. Right, the Boston Celtics. <laughs> this is Phil Moist. It's Bird with the Steel. Yeah, Bird with the Steel. Bird with the Steel. Yeah, yeah. Come That's on. It. That's I'm doing the impression. Is that worth a half a point? No, Johnny Moist. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Phil Moist. Ah! 
That was so close. <laughs> my moist, wife, my moist. wife. Yeah, I wish you could see my wife laughing. Candle to Bill Moist. Is that the sign of dementia or what? Should I go to the doctor right now and just go, how did you know you had dementia? I said Phil Bill Moist. Moist. <laughs> Phil Moist. You know, when Fuck. I... Stephen Donovan is a radio host up in uh, Rhode Island, and he is the biggest sport, you know, Boston sports fan, originally from Boston. He did comedy. He actually was an SNL intern as well. When I tell him that you said Phil Moist, he's going to die I said I, I meant mo most. It was close. In right. That's how you say it in Texas. All right, you never said most. Right, like woof. Well, you definitely say wolf. No, you well, that's the same. Maybe I should give that one to you. You're right. Oh, it's an embarrassment. All right, here we this go. This is why I don't win. <laughs> Next oh. one. Send it in, Jerome. Oh, uh, or uh, Bill uh, Rafferty. Yes. Yeah. Right. Nice. Yeah. There you go. You don't get that one. Gina, that's Gina's favorite. Marv, I was waiting for Marv. The, the fa my my wife is standing right here, Colin, Marv, and her most hated thing in sports is. Any tip off of any big game when Raftery is doing the call, like the as soon as he throws up the ball, right? They, right, yeah. Genus, they throw up the ball, and Raftery has some kind of like, you mean doing the and no, I love this, I the love next it, four right. seconds, you cannot make out what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the funniest thing. My wife is apoplectic. What is he saying? <laughs> what he, is he saying? Doesn't he do the nickel and dime or whatever? Well, yeah, nickel dime. <laughs> I, when uh, when when Villanova was on their their tear a few years ago, and yeah. uh, there was a kid named Archie Dinakin. Yeah, whatever oh, Archie Dinakin. Yeah, yeah, and his uh, and uh, all Raftery could talk about was how his dad was a, a quarterback for the. Vanderbilt, I'm sorry, for the Villanova football team. And then, uh, and he kept calling him the arch and trying to get it to stick and no one, no one <laughs> but he's still the greatest. I mean, I was watching him probably when you were born. I mean, he was great then, you know, he was great. Yeah. I was like, who is this guy? Even though it's a little crazy, it's like, you know, I'd rather watch him all day than, um, what's, uh, what Most Dick Vitale, Dick Vitale drives me insane. Oh, yeah. I'm not for ready. I very very quickly. I, I was doing a, um, a high school basketball broadcast. I was on on color commentary, and um, there was a um, a play where this kid stole a ball, and someone tried to you know stand in his way, and he just knocked this kid. The kid went flying, <laughs> and they played the replay, and I just tapped into my inner Bill Raftery. And it's like, ah, oh, just a gorgeous deal. And then this kid's trying to get in his way, and he goes, get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, uh, there you go. Dick, I love Dickie V. Dickie V. Uh, well, I, I still to this day go, get a T.O., baby, when it's going yeah, south yeah. for any team in sports. Um, I don't like his Geico commercial that much. I no, feel bad for weird. him for some reason. Well, you know, would they pay him a couple million dollars for to that? To get Gatorade dumped bad? on you? <laughs> yeah, that's Please, true. Dump Please. Gator on me all day, <laughs> Neil, for two minutes. I take it back. All right. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Oh, Remember that one? Ozzie Smith had never homered as a left-handed hitter when he stepped into the plate at the bottom of the ninth inning of Game 5 of the NLCS. Los Angeles pitcher Tom Needenfuhr tried to sneak a fastball by him inside, and Smith turned on the pitch, lifting over the right field wall at Bush Stadium, giving the Cardinals a 3-2 win. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Who said it? Famous Cardinals broadcaster. Come on, man. I mean, uh, it's his... His son. Is yeah. The, uh, the, I'll give you. It's the dad say, of the son. Can you give me the last name? Fuck. 
the last name. You watch this guy every. He calls every no, big no, game. I, on this television. is what I do with names. This is why I didn't do good on the SAT right here. What, they had names think. on the I SAT. I froze up. I freeze up. What, I think my... he gets partial credit for saying the dad of the son. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. That's worth a point five. <laughs> <laughs> the dad of the son. Is that what you wrote on the essay? On the SAT? Yeah, that's what I wrote. He's the dad of yeah. the son. How does that? Let's see here. This guy is. He's a father. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's definitely a man. <laughs> Maybe I should just say what pops into my head because it's at least funnier. By the way, Colin, what half pops that... in my head is Tug McGraw. Half that quiz, half the SAT is math, but I don't know what Neil's talking about. Um, so, <laughs> all right, yeah, Tug McGraw. That's what popped in my head. I'm just telling you, and then that can't get out. It's like nothing can because get through. Because Tim Tug... McGraw, the country singer? Yeah. Because it was I... dad's son? No, no, that's not the dad's son I'm talking about. That's just what pops in my head. Right. These names pop in. I can't get them out. Right. You got to believe. That's what Tug I, I, McGraw I, said. I just can't. I'm out. Okay. It's Jack Buck. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I would have never got Thanks. Jack Buck. But Thanks Buck's for confirming. Name. Thanks for confirming that, Neil. Um, how about this one? It's a little roller up first behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Oh. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. Yeah, I love that call. Yeah, it's a great call. Don't know it. Oh, come on. I'm Famous out. broadcaster. I don't know. Greatest baseball broadcaster of all yep. time. Yep, he is the greatest baseball broadcaster I, of I all know. time. I know who you're talking about. All I just right. can't think of these names. All right, let me I'm give you a little not. buzzer. There it is, Vin Scully. I was going to say Vin Scully, so but what I was the waiting fuck? for the Dodger thing. That is the Dodger thing. That's not the Dodgers. Well, he was the doing, you know. I thought you were going to give me a Dodger, Dodger guy. Skull, a Dodger call. I oh. had Vin Scully was one of my go-to. Howard Cosell, Howard Cosell Vin Scully, mm -hmm. and then I was also going to mm -hmm. go. Okay. Um, Marv Albert was my other one on top of my head. How about this one? I don't believe what I just saw. Remember when Kirk Gibson comes off the bench? He can't even walk. Yeah, and he hit the thing in 1988 World arm. Series. Yeah, he does the arm pump. Now, see, that I would have gone Vin Scully. You, you should have. I'll go Vin Scully. And it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is also Jack Buck. Oh, shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Trick question. That was, uh, that, I was saving Vin Scully for the Dodgers. Well, there it was. You brought it out. All right, still next wrong. one's Howard Cosell. Nope. Okay. Good guess, though. Um, not even close. But you should get this one since you're a huge golf fan. There it is. A win for the ages. Tiger Woods, 12-stroke win at the Nance? Masters. Yes. Oh, thank God. All right. There you go. Hi, friends. Good University job. Houston guy. That's why yeah, I got him. That's why you got it. And yeah. this, if you get this one, I will be very impressed. This is a really hard one. Well, great. There's a drive into left center field. The ball is going to be out of here. It's gone. 7-15. There's a new home run champion in all time. His name is Henry Aaron. Ugh. You've seen that clip a billion times. Ugh. And the two guys come running on the field, which would happen today. They'd be shot to death. I'm going to go yes. father, father, son, the grandfather, son, Carrie, Skip Carrie's Oh, that's son. a good one. Son. Skip Carrie, Harry Carrie. No, Skip. Skip yeah. Carrie. Skip from the Braves, his yeah, this son. This is the radio call is the famous call. Oh, it's his uncle? Nope. Carrie? No, you're done. Harry? Forget it. Damn it! <laughs> Milo Hamilton. Hamilton! Oh, oh shit. Milo Hamilton. I grew up with that Chipper, well, Neil, Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones. <laughs> One, two, Yeah, Neil, you got a... Uh, Chipper, you, uh, Chipper Jones. Yeah. Crowned out again. Uh, Kermit the Frog here. Yeah. Is that what you say? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Bill Neil, Murphy, uh, that, Bob Horner is uh, third grade. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we all had that here in New York. Uh, That's how long. I know my granddad, only from Braves. I can only oh, yeah. talk Braves with my granddad. He died in a chair, right? Yeah. Watching the Braves. Yeah. All right. Well, the winner is Colin Cosell. Congratulations. You deserve that one. Oh, yeah, I hope so. Uh, it doesn't okay. feel good. I know.
That was good. That was good. Okay, the way we end the show every week, Colin, is one good thing or one bad thing of the week. Neil, you can pick one or well, the I'll other. I'll do a good and Go bad. Ahead. Go ahead. I was like the worst thing I've ever seen on TV in a long time was when the soccer guy fell. Yeah. Uh, Erickson and then yep. but then it was the greatest thing ever because he had a heart attack on the field right he literally died on yeah. the field and then they brought him back to life so it was the worst thing I've ever seen and super emotional like yep. watching it we were crying I, watched was the, there I, a tear? I wasn't watching it live I watched it no was there a brother. tear is the question you always ask absolutely. me absolutely are you crying when you were, this is the I, one I, that I saw, got you up I all saw, the shit when you watch the highlights of it yeah it's it's insane and then the doctors did such a fucking amazing job of yep. like they were on it so quick he was uh, he was dead yep. supposedly so right that's the best thing I've seen yep Damn. All right. Well, that was good. And you and this teared you up. And you asked me after every movie, uh, did I get yeah, teared up? Yeah, but more than tears, like an emotional, like a little, little chilly, little like a fever chills, mm. like the whole thing. It hit me okay? hard. Hit me hard. And then also, of course, it does what what the worst thing for me is. What? Now I think I'm fucking You're dying. dying. Yeah. I'm like I'm ready to go to the doctor <laughs> right now. I'm like, holy shit! If this guy, at 30 years old, <laughs> he's in the best shape. If he's, I'm like, now I'm scared to ever. Now my granddad might have had it right. Just get in the fucking recliner and that's it. We might have to get you as a security guard at Jazzy to run around that store if, with that story. Oh shit! Don't do no. Just put me in the stool. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Colin. One good thing or one bad thing of the week. Oh, um, one good thing, um, was, uh, the, and as a Rangers fan, it pains me to say this, um, uh, the, the Rangers, uh, I'm sorry, the Islanders eliminated Brad Marchand, um, and the Boston Bruins. I hate Brad Marchand with a, an unbridled passion. Uh-huh. Um, so that, that, that was a good thing. The one bad thing was the Islanders are, then went on to win game one against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So it's a really conflicting time. <laughs> well, tonight is game two. And when people, this, um, and the Islanders to pull off this series would be unbelievable because that team is stacked on the other side yeah. and Brad Marchand scored like every freaking goal if without that guy they would have lost 4-0 I mean that guy was ridiculous but God, yeah I'm him. glad he's out um that's good my one good thing of the week it's when you're hearing this it's Father's Day everybody and I just want to it's really weird that yesterday was the ninth anniversary Neil of me on Letterman which was on right before Father's Day. And if you see the tape, I turn to Letterman and I say, happy Father's Day, because he had just become a dad, I think. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And then he goes, thanks, are you a, da- are you a dad? I go, no, but my father's in the crowd. So he was there. Yeah, yeah. So the dad's out there everywhere. Happy Father's Day. Being a father of Birdie is the best. And happy Father's Day. Yeah, happy Bill Father's Potter, Day. right? Yeah, Big Bill. Big Bill. Greg, Mike, everybody. Everybody out there. So everybody right. have a happy Father's Day. The Sport of Entertainment with Colin Cosell and Paul Olson. Where can we listen to that? On all of the really relevant uh, podcasting platforms. Uh, Spotify, you can just turn to your Alexa and say, Alexa, play the Sport of Entertainment podcast, and she will. Yeah, um, perfect. And yeah, we are so cool. <laughs> <laughs> the webs, Your website is now on deck.com. Is that where we can... Um, well, no, that, that was uh, that was a project. I was gonna, oh. You can go to ColinCosell.com and you can find, um, you know, just me really uh, embellishing my accomplishments. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just a, a living, breathing resume. Um, and go to ColinCosell.com or just follow me on Twitter at CosellPA and you can find me um, waxing positive on all things Mets or just dropping some really bad humor from time to time. Oh, wow. I am so boring now that I'm talking about <laughs> this. I need to go to therapy. Can or I on Instagram, the other Cosell. Should I end yes, the, that's right. Should I end the show on a dream of mine sure. now? Go ahead. Supermarket sweep. Yep. Cast. Yep. 
Battle of the Network Stars. I love it. Colin announcing. Nice. And then we'll have to go against the Family Feud or something. I love it. There we go. Damn. I'll wear the little People, tiny shorts. You, Leslie, the little tiny Bethel. shorts. That were so- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take up smoking though. <laughs> and I will smoke <laughs> and drink a Coke when I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta do a, a like a thousand meter dash and then just light up an entire pack of Marlboro unfiltered and just like go to town. It's a know? deal. Like, that's, I, that's a deal. You have the heart attack. And I'll be announcing it. You have the heart attack. Colin calls deal. it. They bring you back to life on the field oh yeah he could do the same line that he did on the in bananas that's right how did it feel when he was over neil uh that's neil, so when did you know it was over? <laughs> colin thank you so much for doing this this has been a blast uh um really great meeting you and um thank you and good luck with that career it's amazing i hope to hear you in the next 50 years at city field Thank you, dude. Thank you both, uh, you know, Neil and Lenny. This is, no, this is a blast. I, there's no better way I'd, I'd want to spend a Tuesday morning or uh, or a Father's Day for that matter. So thank you guys so <laughs> thank much. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll see everybody next week. Four Corners Podcast was created, hosted, produced, and engineered by me, Lenny Marcus, executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast.